This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Three minutes after 12, and I know what you're thinking. Every hour, in a sense, has been Mystery Hour lately, but... There's no sign of that curious period in human history coming to an end, so we will confine ourselves to mystery mysteries on this one. Um, the who's, the why's, the what's, the where's, the when's, the withers, and even the occasional wherefore. You've probably got a question bubbling away in the back of your brain somewhere that you know must have an answer, but for various reasons thus far you haven't been able to find out what that answer is. Well, now's your chance. Uh, don't be boring. And don't be repetitive. I can't control the former. Uh, I can keep an eye on the latter. If there's a question that we've dealt with relatively recently and can remember dealing with, we won't do it again. Um, being dull, however, is your lookout. It's by way of guidance, two thoughts. If it's to do with motoring, it's almost certainly too dull for inclusion. Almost certainly. And secondly, um, if you can't really imagine anyone else being interested in the answer... That, that's often a fairly reliable guide to dullness as well. I don't want to sound ungrateful, obviously. I, I, it's so kind of everyone to ring me for whatever reason. But, but you're probably not going to get on air if it's a boring question. So anything interesting, anything new, and anything goes, seriously. Uh, why, why do we do this? Where does that come from? Is this true? What's this? What's that? You're not allowed to look anything up. It's a slightly uh, old-fashioned exercise, this, in that it is... Uh, a small blow back against the tyranny of Google and search engines. This is a celebration of education. It's about things we actually know. So if you can answer a question that somebody else asks without looking after anything, without looking up anything, then this gives you uh, just an opportunity to remind ourselves what it's like to actually know stuff rather than in this age of unenlightenment to have to kind of look everything up or even sometimes be shown that something's true and then stick your fingers in your ears and pretend that it isn't. God, mystery hour. Even mystery are getting a bit political. 12.05 is the time. The number you need remains the same. As soon as I've got phone line f- free, I'll remind you of what the number is. We, um, we, we, we have to sort through quite a few calls in the first 10 minutes on a Thursday. So just because you're really struggling to get through now doesn't mean that you'll struggle to get through in 10 minutes' time, all right? Or even in five minutes' time. I, I hesitate to use the phrase... Um, that, that, that Chris and Rosie at the moment are sorting the wheat from the chaff, but I didn't hesitate for long, and then I used it. That's what they're doing. They're sorting the wheat from the chaff. And I've got to tell you that, that for the first five or ten minutes, there's a lot of chaff. I don't understand why. The chaff quotient reduces as the hour goes on, but that you won't get on. And if you do get on with a boring question, you'll learn my eternal enmity. And nobody wants that. Vanda is in Aylesbury to kick us off this week. Question or answer, Vanda? I've got a question, James. Carry on. Um, I have a five-month-old baby girl. Oh, yes, congratulations. And, um, thank you very much. And she started teething at four months, and she was rolling over at three months, and everyone kept saying to me, oh, it's because she's a girl, go on to things earlier. And eventually when I questioned someone on it, I said, well, why, why, why do girls do things earlier? They said, oh, because, you know, when girls are teenagers, they develop two years earlier than boys. I said, okay, but why? Why is that? What's the... Behind that, well, I know they hit puberty. On average, they hit puberty earlier than boys do. But I don't know that they... Do they teeth? Do they teeth? Well, we might ask that question. I just want to clarify where the, um... Uh, <laughs> uh, where, where well, the... Not so much just 
teething. It's just anything that she does, people say, oh, it's because she's a girl. And girls do things a lot faster. And boys are lazier, so boys will take longer to do things. But, but I don't understand where the reason, but where does that come from? Why why would a girl do things faster than a boy? Uh, yeah, no, I'll take that. I just, there might be a little bit of dispute over whether or not teething fits into the category, but if, if there is, we'll just chuck it out. We all accept that girls develop earlier than boys do. Girls hit puberty earlier than boys do. In general, don't find me up with an exception, but, um, but, but I don't know why. It'd be evolutionary. I hope the answer isn't unsavoury, but uh, we'll stick it out there anyway. Vanda, thank you. How are you getting on? Is it your first, your five-month-old? It, it is, yes. Okay, it is. let me um, just hang on. I just, I'm just going to make some. Are you, are you hoping to have more children in the future? Oh, definitely. Twenty seventeen, January the nineteenth, twenty seventeen. I'm just going to put this through my new calculator. Yeah, you, if you're lucky, um, you should get a full night's sleep in January twenty twenty three. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's just what I wanted. No, no, it's great. See, light at the end of the tunnel. That's what we're here for. Vanda, thank you very much. Eight minutes after 12. Why do girls develop earlier than boys? Ben is in Newbury. Question or answer, Ben? Uh, question, mate. Come on, then. Uh, when you're hungry, why does your stomach make a noise? Acid! Well, yeah, but why? Acid! What's it doing? Well, the acid that is there to digest your food... That doesn't have anything to digest, but it's still bubbling away. It's having a little pop at some of the mucus that lines the stomach wall. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a chemical reaction that food stops. Okay. You gonna buy that? <laughs> I'll buy that, mate. I'll buy that. Give me an acid, Ben. Give me an acid. Otherwise, I'm standing here dancing. Ah, get in! I'd rather applause for me. Qualifications, I think it's been on before. Nine minutes after 12 is the time. We still need to know why girls develop earlier. If you if you weren't listening to popular music between approximately 1987 and 1994, you'll have absolutely no idea what just happened. But, hey, welcome to our world. Oliver is in Chester. Oliver, question or answer? The question, James. Carry on, mate. All right, yeah. I, I remember hearing in uh, school, my physics teacher, that they knew scientists knew that there were more stars in the universe than were grains of sand on Earth. I'm just wondering, how do they how do they calculate that? How do they work that out? Well, they 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 count how many stars there are in a in a in a relatively small part of the universe, and then multiply it by the scale of the known universe. And the number is so epically immense okay. that there's no earthly way that there could be more grains of sand on a beach than there are stars in the universe. No, but the the scale of the universe is unlimited. Exactly. And I, I remember him telling me, right, well, they think there's 10 to the power of 11 galaxies, which is... Oh, no, you're not going to... Oh, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just pulled out a glib answer. You're not going to go peak scholar on me here, are you? I am. Oh, I am. you little shyster. I had no idea. All right, carry on. And to that, they think there's 10 to the power of 22... You, what have you phoned me up for here? To show off or to, to, to sort of try to denigrate some physics teacher you had a hundred years ago who told you something that you've now proved isn't true? This isn't what Mystery Hour is for. Both. All right, go on then. Mate, so, I don't accept your answer because I want to know... Well, nor do I now, mate. I was just trying to palm you off with a, with, a, with a sort of simple one. Carry on. I had no idea you were so well qualified. Counted, they haven't counted a hundred billion galaxies, so... Yeah, I just want to put it out there. Maybe it's one for Professor Howell or something. Well, so, is, what is the question? Is it true? Because rather than saying, how do scientists know? All right. Well, OK, yeah. Sand versus stars. Exactly. And right. you're, you're on the side of the sand. 
Oh well, I'm on uh, I'm on the side of science, James. Always so well played, sir. I am on the side <laughs> of science. I'm a friend of the facts. Very unfashionable at the moment, Oliver. But you hang in there. Eleven minutes after twelve is the time. Trevor is in Rochester. Trevor, question or answer? Hi, question, please, James. Carry on, Trevor. You're right there, mate. Yeah, frogging me tight. All right, never mind. Um, Carry on. Yeah. Can somebody please tell me definitively whether cooking with microwaves actually damages food? There seems to be a polarisation. Some people are adamant that you shouldn't do it, and other people are adamantly saying it's perfectly fine. And I can't find any definitive answer. Maybe some of your people can. My my wife is on the uh, it's not very good for the food school of thought, but I, I, I'm not suggesting that that is definitive, although obviously at home it would be. I suppose supplementary would be why. Mm. Mm. Yeah, OK. So can we go definitive on whether microwaving food in some way it makes it less healthy or less uh, good for you than cooking it in more, I was going to say conventional fashions, but it's barely, it barely applies anymore, only for people my age thinking of a microwave as being modern and unconventional. But, but there you go. I, I like that question. Why do you like microwaving, but you're worried that you're killing all the goodness? I was just having an argument with my partner earlier this morning. I wanted to do something in the microwave quickly, so. and I got that whole... You know, cross fingers, don't touch that with a barge pole. Yeah, I get and I that. thought, well, can we get an answer? Yeah, and what's the point? Why have we flipping bought one? That's a conversation we often have. Why did we buy one then if, you, if, you're not, if, you know, if we're not going to use it? Yeah. And some stuff's better in the microwave. Some sort of uh, sort of ready meals. Uh, it tells you best, best microwave rather than cook normally. 12 after 12. Let's try and get an answer to that one. Microwave, sand versus stars, girls versus boys. Very combative today, Mr. Uh, Paul's in South That's a bit vague. It's a big country, South Africa. Can we do a bit better than that? Whereabouts in South Africa are you, Paul? I'm in Durban. Hi, James. Hello, mate. Paul's in Durban, in South Africa, you know. Question or answer, Paul? Yes. It is a question, please. Yes. Um, so, um, so, I'm just very excited to have got through, finally. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, my question is... Go on. I was on a flight recently, and I was flipping through a magazine, and um, on one page it had is a restaurant, local a res- restaurant in South Africa, had a lovely juicy steak, and I started salivating. I thought that looked delicious. Yes. And on the other side, there was a, I think there was an article on dairy farming or something, and it had a picture of a cow in a field. Yeah. And it just got me thinking. I saw this picture of a cow, and I didn't feel anything at all. It's prob- hungry. Probably just as well. Didn't, yeah, well, and then I started thinking more and more about it. I've seen seafood that uh, hasn't been cooked, and that and that makes you hungry. And I thought, at what point do you actually kind of? What point does meat start doing something to the taste buds? So, uh, well, not meat, but being uh, making you hungry. I think you might have put the cart. Bef- you might. Have, you might, and I could be wrong. You might have put the cart before the horse on this one. Horse. Mm. Um, Did you just say horse? Mm. I'm joking. Because all you've described to me is stuff that you're used to seeing on a plate makes your appetite increase, and stuff you're not used to seeing on a plate doesn't. But why why does that happen? Well, because if you see a a cow in a field, it doesn't remind you of a meal you've had that was delicious. If you see a piece of steak on a plate, it does. That's all it is. It's your memory, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think partly that, but at some point years ago, there must have been a point when you were kind of thinking, oh, that looks like a nice juicy cow. You've never, you've you've never done that, Paul. You've never ever found yourself salivating in a farmyard. Not unless you've got problems that this program is absolutely not qualified to address. But I've seen fish. Yeah, but you've had a fish on your plate, mate. 
You've had a fish on your plate, mate. Um, Haven't you? Do you think... But, is it, but what's happening, though? Okay, I'm it's a memory. It's a sense memory. So it's a bit like... You know Proust on... Uh, Proust writes about Madeleine's when he gets the smell of a Madeleine up his nose in Le Tompe Cherche some... I can't remember the title of the book. But whenever he spells a Madeleine, it transports him back to his... To his childhood. There's a certain brand of floor polish, which they obviously used at my prep school outside the headmaster's study, because if I get a whiff of that, I get a little friss on a fear that I'm about to get caned again to within an inch of my life, and not caned in a good way. And, and so I think this is just the same. You see a picture of a big, juicy steak, and you have a sense memory of the last time you ate a big, juicy steak. Mmm, delicious. Mmm. You see a picture of a big cow, you've never, ever, ever in your life had an encounter with a cow that has left you feeling satisfied and, and full of delicious food, have you? So you see a... Sc- okay, you s- I've been... No, but I've seen... Okay, I've been... Are you, are we, how long are we going to stay? How long are we going to... You see a prawn, it looks like it does on your plate, so it makes you feel hungry when you see it in a picture. Even a whole fish. But I love... But what about carpaccio or nice... You know, or if you go to a butcher's and you see meat that hasn't been cooked, and it's even... Even if I've been to Turkey and I've seen half a lamb hanging hanging all sheep yeah now that that, that didn't that, that you didn't find that as 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 appetizing as a nice shot of some lamb chops did you but i still no i still felt hungry and i thought i can't wait to tuck into something yeah, but you didn't feel as hungry as you would have done if it had been a picture of some lamb chops that were cooked and looking all juicy and delicious medium rare with a little sprinkling of rosemary and maybe some i don't know if you have tried the chili mint sauce that that is made by a certain artisan pickle maker whose name escapes me for the moment that would have your juices flowing even more so half a lamb mm, yeah all right four out of ten on the juice flowing scale picture of a plate full of lamb chops perfectly seasoned and cooked Nine out of ten on the on the salivation scale. That's what we call it. The salivation. Well, what about okay? Just what my last. I'm late for the travel, mate. I can't believe this. Go on, one more then. I'm never okay. But what about? The, are, are there people that actually kind of see a cow and cow or a sheep and just think, wow, you know, and lie to sheep and think, I could really. No. No. Not at all. Never. Never. No one. Uh, no, in the history of humans, never. Really? Not Re- a sheep. No, cow? never. Never. Chicken? No, nope, no. Nope. So you can categorically 100% say never. Pluck chicken. Pluck chicken, yes. Unpluck chicken, no. It's all about what the memory of you've had on your plate in the past. It's a sense memory that you're having. So I will never ever go out and supposing there was no butchers, nothing. To, I know you're about to go to travel, but I was about to go to travel. That's, that ship has sailed, mate. Okay. Seriously. I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you out of your misery by doing this. God, I'm good. <laughs> Almost certainly just made a fool of myself that someone is going to delight in pointing out in the rest of this program. But hey, we are where we are. Paul, mind how you go. Paul in Durban there. Twelve eighteen is the time. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. It's twenty-three minutes after twelve, and questions still in need of answers. Why do girls develop earlier than boys? How do physicists prove that there are more stars in the universe? Or why do they claim there are more stars in the universe than grains of sand? on beaches. Uh, Do microwave ovens uh, cook food in a way that is less healthy than other ovens? And uh, the salivation scale is almost certainly going to need revisiting, but at the moment I'm confident I got it right. Annie is in Woking. Question or answer, Annie? Um, I've got an answer for you, actually, about microwaves. I've been a chef for 25 years and I have a couple of restaurants. 
Um, microwaves have been around for well, well since the 80s. They're actually really good for the food. They're not bad. The microwaves actually cause um, intense heat within the food by moving molecules at great speed, which releases moisture. Um, if you were to put our pancakes in the microwave, it makes them steam, which makes them softer and fluffier. And if you put a piece of broccoli, which is a good way of putting it, put a piece of broccoli in the microwave, it'll make it extremely green. Green is the goodness from the superfood part, which holds all the nutrients, whereas if you were to boil it, you boil out the goodness, and the goodness is left in the water. So, the in fact, in some cases, it, it will make the food better for you than boiling Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And your qualifications are your chefery, your decades of chefery. 25 years as chef, I've got two restaurants, and we do maybe a 1,000 covers a day. So. I'm not, now, this isn't the question that you cleared with the producer, so normally I would tell no. you off. You I can't know, just I'm come sorry. on and answer whatever question you want. It's not a lucky dip, I'm madam. Sorry. But I that's know, such a good answer. When I heard the question, I was thinking, I'm so glad I'm on the line. I don't have to wait. Oh, well, look, in future, let's please not do that again. I'm so sorry. I no, no, you're not. You no, well, I just... The gave earlier was wrong. No, well, I, that, well that, that's why they've put you through, because they thought that you were going to embarrass me by pointing out a mistake sorry. I've made previously, but you're not allowed to do that now. So you've let, oh, every, you've let them down, you've let me down, but most of all, Annie, you've let yourself down. But not really, because you don't know the real answer to the correct the question that you answered earlier, which was infactual. It so doesn't matter, because we're never going to hear another word from you again. But you're not going to... No, and you've sacrificed your round of applause by disobeying the cardinal rules of mystery out. Oh, how rude. That's well, I'm, I'm rude? I've just taught you something about food. I'm rude? You just phoned up a radio show, told the producer what you were going to say on air, got put through on the strength of that conversation, and then went off in a completely different direction. But I'm rude? I know how exciting. <laughs> I've given you a good answer, and it's right. That doesn't matter. You've broken the rules. Oh, that's so not fair. Don't, if a goal, if you score a goal after after straying into an offside position, Annie, and the goal doesn't count, Hugo's in Kilburn. Hugo, question or answer? Hello, James. I've got a question, please, mate. Go on then. All right. Um, I'm going to try not to sound too thick. Um, do thick dog. or sick? Thick. Okay, carry on. <laughs> right, do dog lick slash kiss you out of affection what makes you think that they might not um after you've had dinner or a snack the dog will sometimes sniff around you like your face a bit and then lick you randomly where you're not asking to be licked <laughs> that's what makes me think for her they lick other dogs out of affection so they're probably licking us not very often, though. That's what I was thinking to myself. No, they nozzle. They nozzle and just... stuff. Yeah, but you don't see them there just licking each other, do you? No, actually. Now you come like... to me. Well, they, you do. They groom each other, or is that just cats? No, I think that's mostly cats. Is it? I I think so. Personally. So dogs only lick humans and sort of lollipops? Oh, that's, that's the thing. I'm talking about often, like, regularity. My dog will randomly lick my face if I sit back. Like, and you want to know, is it affection, or have you just got a really tasty face? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I presume it's affection, but I, I don't know how we'd prove it. I, I presume it's affection. Why else would anyone, why else would any living creature want to lick oh, your face, Hugo? It. If it's not affection, what other reason could there be for any organism wanting to lick your face? No offence. I'm sure you've got a lovely <laughs> face. <laughs> I'm with you, James. I just hope it is, like you said, out of affection, and not just... Oh. Random, trying to see if my face tastes something. Yeah. yeah, well, you could always lick your own face. It might be a little bit tricky, but, you know. My tongue not big enough, James. <sighs> Unlucky. We've all got our crosses to bear, Hugo. 27 minutes after 12 is the time. Do dogs lick out of affection? Um, do I cross the microwave question off now that it's been correctly answered? She did nail it, but she didn't get around, so I'm crossing it off the list.
Sand versus stars, and why do girls develop earlier than boys? A couple of phone lines free now, 0345 And remember, if you play with the LBC Mystery Hour rules, if you, if you try and ride roughshod over the regulations... Hang on a minute. This could be a little bit spooky. Is, is, who's speaking to Bruce in Chiswick at the moment? Is he, has he rung in about the dog question? No, he hasn't. Oh, all right. No, because there's a bloke who parks his van near me. Bruce's doggy daycare, and I just thought maybe. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, it isn't. Why, why, uh, Robert is in Wilsdon. Robert, question or answer? Um, slightly odd question. Uh, well, hang on a minute. I've just seen the question in advance on this. Are you setting me up for some sort of prank call or I really gag? Aren't. I'm really not. No. You promised me there's not an answer to I'm this that involves dirty words. Before, I've not done it in the past. All right, then. Go on, then. So, um, yeah, okay. Why do I sneeze when I have sexual thoughts sometimes? Not all the time. Not all the time, but sometimes. But more often than you sneeze ordinarily, so that you think there's a link between a sexual thought and a sneeze. Because we all sneeze yes. occasionally, and occasionally yes. it might coincide with a sexual thought, but you're seeing a causal link. Yes, yes. So there are times where I don't have to sneeze, and then I have the thought, and then I end up sneezing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I mean, <laughs> that's, nah, mate, it's, it, it's mystery. I'm just keeping you on the line in case you sneeze. I'll take it as a massive compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Robert, or indeed anybody else, if it is a condition that's not confined to that peculiar corner of Wilsdon, why does Robert sneeze whenever he has sexual thoughts? I remember one of those old schoolboy myths about eight sneezes being the equivalent to an orgasm or something like that, but I, I don't know whether that was. It was up there roughly around the era that I believed if you sneezed with your eyes open, your eyeballs would pop out and dangle on stalks. At, sorry, you might be having your lunch. It's half past 12. Simon. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. It's 12.33. Mystery Hour continues. Girls and boys, why do girls develop earlier? How do physicists base their claim, or where do physicists base their claim that there are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on all the beaches in the world, on the planet? Uh, dogs and licking, do, is it affection? And what was his name, Robert? Should I, I'd have used a false name. I, I'd have called myself Derek. But anyway, Robert in Wilson wants to know why he sneezes when he has sexual thoughts. Sometimes, not all the time. Okay. Anna is in workshop. Anna, question or answer? Oh, it's an answer, but thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Um, I, thank you. Um, I had a bowel reception in 2005 and I lost my bowel sounds. Hmm. And I asked my consultant a few months afterwards, because um, I had a colostomy for some time, and I asked him why I'd lost my bowel sounds. It wasn't actually to do with acid in my stomach. It was because it was my bowel um, and my intestines weren't full. When your intestines are full and you've got lots of food in your stomach, um, there's no room for echoing and vibration because it actually absorbs what's going on and all the sounds itself within the bowel and the gut. But when your stomach is actually empty, that's when it causes all the noise and you can actually hear it because there's no absorption of food. So the noise is, all, so, so the noise is always happening, but it is linked, and it's not linked to acid. It's not linked to... Digestion. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's it's purely about the absorption of the sound. So when the stomach is empty, um, that's what causes actually the noise. Not... So I wasn't completely wrong. I mean, the sounds are there because of acid. They're always there, but you can't hear them. Because the f so why do you hear the rumbling when the food is when you're hungry? Answer actually. Well, you always rumble, but you only hear it when the. But why do you rumble all the time? The answer is stomach acid and digestion and stuff. 
Yeah, it can be actually the digestion of the food, but the main rumbling is because of you're actually hungry and you can hear it. But if you actually had a cup of tea, you wouldn't hear the um, sounds of the acid in your stomach. So it's just insulation. It's like soundproofing. Absolutely. That's oh, exactly you're very good. Right, no, you're Thank very good because you. you've you've made you've effectively rung up to call me stupid, but you've made it quite a pleasant pleasant experience, Anna. Thank you very much. No, I appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it too. I mean, much better than ringing me up to make me feel stupid and doing it in a nasty way. I give you two rounds of applause. The first is a refund on the one I I took without justification, and the second is yours to keep. All right. Thank you very much. No, thank you so much. A lovely answer. And there thank it goes. You. Double bubble. Yay! Double thank bubble. See? Okay, just for the for the hat trick. What did Winnie the Pooh have to say? What did Winnie the Pooh have to say on this subject? Oh, I don't know. I would ask my uh, my voice control in the corner. That would give me the answer. The rumbly <laughs> in my tumbly. Oh, that's right. I just read that to my kids as well. I should have remembered it. Should have had it filed away. You never know when it might come in useful. Thank you, Anna. Seriously, Mike is in Basildon. Question or answer, Mike? Answer, James. Carry on, sir. I would say women... Whoa, 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 whoa. You might as well wear a T-shirt saying unreliable answer. I would say... Mate, this is this is this is the feast of the definitives. I mistakenly started this call off by being polite to you. All right, then. All right, well, you don't want to make that mistake again. I can tell you've had a tough week. I've listened to you all week. I can tell you've had a bad week. And that's why you were so grumpy to that chef, weren't you? What chef? The chef, the lady that rung up about the book. No, you can't. You've, I've had a great week. I mean, she's, she, you can't break the rules of mystery hour. I, I think you've been very grumpy this week. I'm always I, grumpy. I, I think you've had a hard week. Uh, I feel like you, you, you feel like you're a lone crusader, don't you, on the airwaves and in the, in the media uh, about this whole Brexit thing. And there is a masterclass in how not to contribute to the fun and frolics that is mystery hour. Jag is in Leeds. Jag, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on. James, uh, yes. as a kid, I always used to stick my tongue out when I used to play pool. Oh, or yeah. concentrate. Why do we, or some people, stick their oh, tongue out when they concentrate? I know that. We've done, I know, I can't remember this. Same like threading a needle or when ladies are putting on mascara. Put your yeah. tongue out. It's something to do with fo- I'm not going to get there, mate. I'm seriously, I've got nothing. But it, it I, why do you stick your tongue out when you're concentrating? You didn't yeah, check. No, you didn't check the archive before you came on with this one, did you? I, I didn't know, mate. Apologies. But no. Also, you're in Leeds, so we probably answered this before the station went national. So why would you? I mean, also, you probably haven't been listening for that long. I will. Um, I'll find out for you. I promise. All right. I'd appreciate that. Uh, we've got 22 minutes to do it. Let's nail this. Why, why do you stick your tongue out when you're concentrating? 12:38 is the time. I know. I know. Everybody loves the fade out. All right, but. If I did it any more often, it wouldn't be as much fun. Bruce is in Chiswick. Bruce, question or answer? Nina, just to tell you that you're wrong. On what? You're wrong on... Well, hang on, I've only, got, I've only got 20 minutes of the programme left. Not what I'm wrong on everything. Just give me the specific thing I've been wrong about today. Salivation when you look at an animal. Oh, Lord. If you, if, if you bring up... If, you, look, if I look at a cow, yeah. Yeah, a longhorn cow, I know that's beef, and I know I'll, cook it, I'll slaughter it, cook it, and eat it. I'm salivating. If I look at a pig, saying turkey, I won't go anywhere near it because it looks like it's got my elbow skin hanging off its neck, so I wouldn't do that. Are you, um, a, are you a butcher? I am not a butcher, but I'm not from England, and I think you're probably leaning on your Saxon uh, heritage here, but in, in, in Eastern Europe, we slaughter our animals, hang the meat, and cook it. No, but that doesn't make me wrong. 
Are you are wrong. No, I'm not, because you've got a sense... You've got a sense memory of, of slaughtering meat, so you have a relationship in your mind and memory between a live longhorn... I don't know why you chose longhorn, but, hey, each to his own. A longhorn cow... You said, you said your words, impossible, you can't do it. No, 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 the fella, the, the, the fella who asked the question has never slaughtered a cow, so he's never going to have an association in his mind between a meal and a cow. You, as a cow slaughterer, I'm happy to give a, a, a dispensation on this, cow slaughterers obviously will feel a little bit salivation if they see a cow that they are prepared to slaughter and then, and then eat. But it's still the same yeah, thing. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't salivate over a, a Frisian. Why not? Because they produce milk. But, but, but the steaks they sell at, what's that place down in Mayfair? It's doing, this is the big thing, Bruce. You Good should, man. you should know. I, I, no, I can't remember what it's called, but they do this, it's, it's actually quite old milk cow steaks that are supposed to be among the most really? ten. Yeah, straight up. You'd love it, a big, big carnival oh, like you, Bruce. Yeah, you, I, I, I'll try and remember the name of the restaurant. It's, 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 it's owned by an actor called Oliver Milburn. No, I haven't got a clue. No, well, Google it. Find the restaurant, and they're knocking out these amazing steaks. I've never been myself, but everybody says they're absolutely incredible, and they're steaks that come from quite old milk cows. So, I tell you what, you go and have one of those, and you'll never look at a Frisian in the same way again, Bruce. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, but I think everyone should... Kitty Fishers, it's called. Kitty Fishers, it's called. I don't think it's cheap, which is probably why I've never been, but, but if, if you want to get down there... I'm booking it up. Carry on, Bruce. Round of applause for Bruce for being a good bloke. Glenn is in East Finchley. Glenn, question or answer? Um, it's a question. Um, deaf people, yeah, the sign language, is it the same? Because is, is I think Braille's universal all right. over the world, but is sign language universal? No. Just bug me. No. How do you know? Well, we've had the question before. What do you mean, how do I know? I know how long do you listen to the programme for? I know lots of stuff, Glenn. Well, how do you know? Well, I mean, I mean, well, how come Braille, Braille's universal? I'd have thought... Sorry, I don't know that Braille is universal. I wouldn't have answered that question quite as confidently as I answered, I answered the last one. There are, there are about, oh, off the top of my head, there are about 130 various sign languages on this planet. Are there really? Yeah. And when you look it up on Google later and you see that exact number, 130, that's just a coincidence. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't Google, mate. That's the way. Like that. That's the way. Yeah. That's the way yeah. forward. I didn't actually Google it, but I've Googled it in the past, and I know that there is 130. It's about, well, over 100, certainly. What, so there's 130 different people that talk so, so like, someone from China wouldn't, wouldn't have a Danny LaRue, what someone from England is saying, if they're both deaf. A Danny LaRue! So I, I'm younger than you. I go with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> they won't have a Scooby-Doo, what's going on. Serious, straight up. About, about, about 130 different sign languages. OK, OK, you've answered it. Fair play. Now, why do you want to know? Well, it's just been bugging me, because, uh, you know, I was, watching, I was watching a deaf film the other day. Well, not the other, someone who was deaf. Yeah. And um, it just, it just, because they're in um, a different country, and it just made me think maybe that they're... Uh, the sign language would be the same, like... Yeah, it would, it would make sense. It just, I guess it just hasn't... I mean, well, well, then why would it make sense? We all speak different languages. Why would deaf people be any different? Yeah, but I would have thought... Because, you know, deaf is... Um, being deaf is universal, you know? It ain't like, you know... Well, so, so, so is having the power of speech. <laughs> all right. All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Glenn. Round of applause for me. Thank you, please. Thank you. Clayton's in Woodford. Clayton, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Clayton. It's to do with the difference between boys and girls. Can I tell you something weird before you answer that question? 
Go on, then. I didn't used to like the name Clayton, and now I really do. Why would that be? I don't know. That's a mystery, isn't it? I don't, I don't, there, was a, there was a lad at school called Clayton, I got on perfectly well with him, but now, when I saw Clayton on the board, I, I, I sort of thought, oh, well, I like, that's a nice name, Clayton. Clayton. It's quite a manly <laughs> name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Carry on. So, back, back to the answer that you've got. Um, it's got something to do with the um, growth of the baby inside the womb of the mother. And the fact that the male child is trying to grow, um, have different hormones to the host. Um, and so, therefore, it's in a slight state of conflict. And that's why some boys are also at more risk of getting diseases and illnesses and very, very dangerous symptoms or, or potential killing illnesses that might kill them at a very young age. Really? Because they're still developing, once they've left the womb, that um, balance of hormones. And they will always be behind the, um, the female child until they've passed puberty, which is when they start to catch up. And then it all, when the adulthood, it's all even. Yes. That's an incredibly plausible answer. And obviously I'm minded to trust people called Clayton because it's such a lovely name. But what are your qualifications? My qualifications are when I did my master's at university, I studied how children... Um, compare the pink brain versus the blue brain um, because I was trying to design a product to uh, to um, breach both sexes in, uh, uh. in growing up and I found out by reading the book pink, blue, pink brain, blue brain that that's the difference between the sexes at an early age so that's one of the reasons for it the, um, That's pretty strong I mean I got a lot of time for this answer and <sighs> Yeah, I think you've done it. You've done it. A peak round of applause, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. No, did you use the word testosterone in your answer? Yes, I did. Well, there you go. See, then give him another round of applause. Seriously, I love the word testosterone. <laughs> Not as much as I like the name Clayton. Thank so, you. Tell you what, you ever meet a Clayton with a lot of testosterone and I'm in big trouble. It's 12.45. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 12.49 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. What is the... Uh, well, we've done that one, haven't we? Do dogs lick humans because they like them, or is there another reason? Emma's provided a brilliant answer by text, which I will use if I remember, if no-one else has got in, in the next ten minutes. Robert in Wilsdon is... is hey, we've hung him out to dry. We haven't even... I've just checked with the producer. We haven't had a single call on this. Why does Robert in Wilsdon sneeze when he gets sexual thoughts? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine. Seven three. This one is easy. Someone's got to be out. There's a, I tell you what, it's an open goal. We're giving away rounds of applause. Why do we stick our tongue out when we're concentrating? And that old adage about there being more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the beaches of the planet. Question is, how do they know that then? Martin's in St Albans. Martin, question or answer? Uh, question. Another easy one for you, James. Oh, don't be so sure of that. Go on. <laughs> Why is there a watershed on the TV but not on the radio? In, in what way? Because, I mean, obviously... Swearing, swearing. I want to swear on the radio. You're not the only one, Martin, I tell you. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know, actually. I, I think there is some swearing on the radio, but there's no actual watershed. I think you're more likely to get on. Is, would a complaint be more likely to up, be upheld if I effed and blinded now than if, you know, if, if Darren did it at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, but after 9 o'clock on TV, you can have programmes like the F word and so on and so forth, and other things that I can't say. So why is it we're allowed to see and hear them but not hear them? 
I mean, Gordon Ramsay is. Uh, I don't know. It's a, that, that's a really. Uh, you just put me on the back foot a bit when you said it was easy and that I'd know the answer. I haven't got. I haven't I got. You're such a radio genius. I haven't got. Don't be sarcastic, Martin. I, I haven't got a Danny Larue. Scooby-Doo, I'm on your age. Come on. Uh, no, we have. All right, carry on. Carry, carry, thank you, Captain. Got, not quite got ten minutes, but that's a great question. Why is there no watershed on the radio? Who would even know the answer to that? Uh, Professor Hal is here. Professor Hal, for those of you unfamiliar with this feature, or indeed this contributor, is the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Something of a mystery hour institution. Don't think he's ever rung in with a question, but I'll still ask. Question or answer, Hal? It's an answer, James. Carry on. Would it be a? Would you like it if I told you a very short but very funny story of when I saw an animal and wanted to eat it there and then, and then answered the science question? Yeah. You, you see that, that lady with the restaurants? That's all you have to do. Just, just run it by me. Ask permission. Be polite, and then get a free pass. Go on. Tell me the your pressure's on there. It better be funny. Right. You, you won't know that I used to run marathons to quite a high standard. Mm-hmm. And um, on a particular marathon, which wasn't a very good one, it was around. Um, Sussex. Um, I, I forgot to take some energy bars, and so I got hyperglycemic. Oh, I was dear. actually shaking and so forth, absolutely shaking and all over the place. Oh, and, Lord. I know. And then I, I happened across a field of sheep, and I looked at one of these sheep, and it was like on Tom and Jerry when they see an animal and suddenly in their head it morphs into a beautifully prepared joint of meat. I wanted to eat that sheep, and if I hadn't been trying to get a good time, you know, who yeah. knows? Uh, straight up. Actual salivation at the sight of a sheep. I was. I wanted to eat the, sh- the dirty old sheep with the dirty old fleece. I yeah, wanted to eat I buy it. I'm f- okay, so I was kind of wrong. Well, it had to be hyperglycemic on a very fast marathon. But anyway... But still... More... No, hang on, I want to tell you something even weirder than that. Okay. I started salivating when you said marathon. Marathon? No, because... Oh, marathon. I, that's why I did marathons, because I always think of marathon bars. I started salivating when you said marathon, and they're not even called marathons anymore. No, no, and I thought that was always a, a, an affront to um, society when they changed the name. Oh, and anyway, why did you ring in? Um, I've actually half forgotten. Axel, um, can you get me a Snickers? Thank you. Carry on, Al. Um, the slightly glib and um, claim that there are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand on the beach yes. is probably true. And it's probably true because, um, well, there's two things. First of all, the, the, the caller was wrong to say the universe is, is limited. It's not. We live in a closed universe, oh. which is still expanding. The Big Bang had a beginning, okay. and um, therefore at some point there'll be then. And one of the proofs of that is when you tune your analogue TV and you see the static, some of that static is actually from an echo of the Big Bang. You're saying, I, I'm looking at the creation of the universe because there's radiation corresponding to the echo of that um, expansion of the universe. Um, but the point is that the Hubble telescope, which went up, I think, about 30 years ago, has, has opened our um, knowledge of, of exactly what's out there, in quotes. And um, there's a particular thing that does around on uh, all the Facebook science fora where they pointed it at a patch of apparently empty sky. Ah, uh, yeah. And they saw the little dots, which turned out to be galaxies. And so someone Galaxies? Yes. Galaxies what are you doing stars. to me, ma'am? Oh, yes. <laughs> One of which is the Milky Way. Ah! Go on. Okay, I'm going to roll over on my chair in a minute. And they counted all the, they counted all the potentially estimated all the stars in all the galaxies in all the in all the world, uh, and and obviously there's a lot more than there are sand grains. Yes, and they're never going to get it down to the sort of nearest five or ten grains of sand, but there are infinitely more stars 
and galaxies than there could possibly be brains. So I was right. I, I, it makes me sound so childish when I say that, but hey, we are where we are. I was right. I said they, 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 they'd found a patch of sky, counted all the stars in it, and then estimated how big the universe is and clearly blew the sand grains out of the water, so to speak. Yes, they, they extrapolated. Extrapolated. Round of applause for Professor Howell. God, I'm hungry. Christina is in blue water. Christina, question or answer? Oh, hang on. Joke alert. This is quite a funny joke, because Robert in Wilsdon, you heard that. He's the one that sneezes whenever he gets sexual thoughts. Bunsen, Bunsen Burner has been in touch to suggest that he's got serious tissues. <laughs> Sorry, Christina. Question or answer? It's okay. answer. Carry on. Uh, the dog, why do dogs lick your face? Yes, it's not a great line. Be, be, be as quick as you can. Yeah, it's because there's an inherent thing from when they're pups with wool, and they would lick the parent's face to tell them they're hungry. With dogs now, it's when they lick our face, they get a good reaction from humans. So it's a learned behaviour through something they've always done inherently from wolves. So, so some people mention salt in the context of these conversations, but because Emma, who is one of my all-time favourite texters, she has provided that answer as well, it, it encourages the adults to regurgitate half-digested meat to feed the puppy, so you lick the chin in particular, and you get a lovely... I'll tell you what, old Bruce in Chiswick would love this. he get some regurgitated meat. That's right up his strata. If <laughs> he'd be walking around the place. Bruce, don't go and lick anyone's chins today, all right? Between Bruce and Robert, we've unleashed, a, we've unleashed an army of perverts on the capital. Christina, thank you. Round of applause for Christina. You'll notice I, I get always uncomfortable talking to people who are driving, but, but obviously she, we, we checked she was safe. Paul's in Birmingham. Paul, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on. Uh, it's to do with the salivating when... Uh, I when thought we'd tongue. nailed that. I kind of thought no, no, prefer- sorry, sorry. It's, no, it's to do with your tongue. Why do you stick your tongue oh, out? Oh, why do you stick your tongue out when you're concentrating? Yeah. The amount of brain power that's required to just look after your tongue. It's constantly moving in your mouth when you're not talking, when you are talking. So when you're concentrating on something really, really difficult, even if it's just like drawing a circle or drawing, you know, doing a picture, you stick your tongue out because your brain wants to stop your tongue from choking yourself and going to the back of your throat. The reason that I know this is because my son, who's now seven, he sticks his tongue out all the time when he's writing. He, he suffers from cerebral palsy, so he, he finds it really, really difficult to draw mm. and, and to write and all this kind of thing. So you looked it and, up? And uh, No, we asked the doctor, because um, I thought it was because my wife did it. My wife's constantly sticking her tongue out when she's... Are, you, are know, you not detecting a theme here, Paul? You sure it's not just you? <laughs> no, it's not just me. No, uh, so, so we have Who, to... Who's sticking their tongue out at Paul now? No, you sound like a lovely bloke. I'm teasing you. And I'm only cracking on because I want to try and... I think if we get the next caller on in time, then we've actually cleared the board today. Round of applause for Paul. Whereabouts in Birmingham are you, Paul? Um, I'm from King Keith. <laughs> Fantastic part of the world. 12.58 is the time. Mike's in Cheshire. Mike, what have you got? James, afternoon, mate. You all right? Yeah, all good. Quick, quick, quick. Sheila's here. The radio one, the watershed. Yes. If, if, if I'm in Australia, I can listen to a programme that's on at, say, 8 o'clock at night. If you start swearing at 8 o'clock at night in the, U- in the UK, because I'm tuning in from another country, nah. it's in the morning. No, oh, no, no way. On. Because the, the effing blind like you wouldn't believe on Australian radio and television. Mohammed is in Barbican. Mohammed, question or answer? Answer, um, sexually induced sneezing. Sexually uh, induced sneezing. It's a thing, is it? It's got a name, or did you it's, just make that up? Yeah, no, 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 it's got a name. You can look it up. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, mainly when people have orgasm, but it can only happen with sexual thoughts. Um, normally, you're something called... One of the nervous system that makes your heart rate or sweat when you're excited, whatever, can only be cross-linked to your sneezing. 
Uh, the tip to the guy who complains of it, never tell anyone he's got that, just say he's got hay fever, otherwise they're going to call him out every time he's excited. It's a bit late for that now, isn't it, for old Robert in Wilston, the sexy sneezer. Qualifications, Mohammed? Qualifications? Medic. Medic. Round of applause. <laughs> and that's it for another day. We'll do it all again tomorrow morning from 10. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC. Here's Sheila Fogarty. I'm tempted to sneeze. Thank you very much <laughs> indeed, James. <laughs>